Welcome to the Being the Change podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Vandeveer, here with Isabel Kiyosayan. We are the founders of Meditation Without Borders, and today we are talking about relatability. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it seems like kind of an odd topic, I guess, but um, it comes up quite a bit in our circles and, you know, the whole wellness community actually, um, because there's this, um, this way in which, you know, people who are trying to show people that there's another way to live tend to get a little tripped up with showing an ideal that is not necessarily helpful. Yeah. Um, I used to be in advertising, I was in advertising for many years. Um, and there was, there's a, a, a term we had for it. It was, um, called aspirational mm-hmm. advertising. Um, and it was a way of selling something uh, by showing people an image of what they picture their life could possibly be or look like. Um, and this, this picture is not really accurate. <laughs> it's, it's mm-hmm. a, um, most people, you know, try to have their, their lives, they have this idea that their, their lives, if they somehow look like some kind of, you know, perfect Instagram post, that it means that they're going to be happy. Um, and that is searching for happiness and fulfillment on the outside, which is the exact opposite of what we try to teach. (laughs) So there's, but at the same time, you know, it's not like if you're someone who's trying to teach meditation or yoga or any of these things, um, you want to be a little aspirational. You want, you want someone to, you know, you want to be inspiring, I guess is the better word. You want to be inspiring. You don't want to seem like a total schlub. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then why would anyone want to want to you know learn anything with you <laughs> yeah yeah i mean there it, but you touch on an important subject because you want to be inspirational but not aspirational yeah. because when that when you're strictly aspirational you lose the humanity and that's yeah. when you start to get into trouble exactly i think i think inspiration is like the combination of relatability and aspirational you know it's, yeah there's a lot of relatability in inspiration. Yeah. Um, Cause it feels like, you know, I'm, I'm human. I'm still, uh, you know, this is, it, it, it comes with a, a broader context, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, uh, I went to visit our teacher uh, a few weeks ago and to see him in his home, you know, you know doing <laughs> the dishes. <laughs> just like being a dad was amazing <laughs> because like oh okay he he is normal so if he has this state of consciousness and all of this knowledge and he's still a human then then I can do that too yeah and so it is inspiring it is it it's it's very inspiring because we we tend to think of these of these teachers of these masters as perfect humans and then, and obviously, as we were saying, we don't want them to be completely imperfect, but then, because then we have nothing to learn from them. 
but we do want them to have this humanity, which is totally relatable. When I, you know, was cleaning the dishes with him, it's like, oh, well, this is really cool. So he, he does do normal stuff. He's not thinking about, you know, the universe all day. And so, <laughs> and so it was human and it was beautiful. Yeah. I, for me, it, we can get a little lost in the, um, even, even as meditators thinking that, you know, our lives are meant to look a certain way because we're, we meditate, you know, this kind of expectation that we don't, that we lose our, our, you know, our, the ability to be angry or annoyed or disorganized. And, um, <laughs> I can tell you, I've been meditating a long time and those things have not gone away. You should have seen our room in the IT when we were roommates. <laughs> It was worse than college. <laughs> Working like around the day plus, you know, everything else. It was, it was intense. Uh, it was but... a little, it was a pretty relatable, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Especially during high rounds. Cause then, then it was, we had no time to do anything. But it's, it's very interesting because we tend to put all of, all of these people in, you know, very high places, which is very interesting because even, you know, in psychology, you're not, you're supposed to not know anything about your psychologist because then, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you might see the humanity and lose it. But in our tradition, it's kind of the opposite. Like we want to present ourselves as, as we are. And, you know, our last podcast in which at least I felt like it was the one where I, I was most open to really talking about what I was going through and, you know, allowing myself to be vulnerable and all these things. And I received such good feedback when, you know, students and friends were like, wow, like that's amazing. And they were even like, like, what can I do? Like I'm, I'm here. (laughs) And there's also kind of, you know, we tend to give love to our students and, you know, to everybody that we can, but there's also a gift in, in learning how to receive that. And part of the humanity is that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in our own lives, it's important to remember the value of that, um, that relatability. You know, I, when I think about, um, I did a recent course and we talked a little bit about trauma and that one of the values of having trauma in your life is it's a window of relatability. You know, if, if you're someone who's had someone close to you pass away, for example, then suddenly you can be more empathetic to those who've also gone through that. And it's a point of connection. Or if you've been through a certain type of abuse, it's the same thing. There's another, there's a point of, of relating and where, where you can actually help be helpful. Um, that, you know, that's part of our journey as humans <laughs> is to find these little points of connections and, and they, come, they come in the form of trauma sometimes. So to me, I like being able to take even the darkest parts of our, our lives and find some kind of silver lining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That. And uh, we... We had previously recorded this podcast and (laughs) (laughs) something went wrong and we lost the audio. Yeah, we were, we did the whole thing and then it just, it died. (laughs) (laughs) 
so here we are again mm-hmm. and and we talked on something that was very important uh which i know is very popular these days but this thing of relatability relatability has been lost somehow on social media and i'd like to touch up touch on that because it's such an important thing because even though we know that uh not everyone is having an amazing time all all day long we still kind of believe it when everybody's posting <laughs> on their stories and you know on their normal posts and everything about how fabulous life is and you know all the delicious food they're having and all the trips they're having and when we're not doing that at that moment we feel that everybody's having a better time than we are and so we feel a little cut off and so and so that aspirational thing that which used to be you know a few years ago more based on you know magazines and movies and stuff now it's with us all day long yeah it makes it even more um challenging i think because i think back in you know decade or two ago where where that those images were just like you said they were produced in magazines and they were actual advertisements some part of your mind could say oh, okay well th- i know this is an ad i know this is not real this is a this is a staged shot this is not someone's life you know this is hundreds of thousands of dollars went into making that woman's butt look like that you know? <laughs> <laughs> so you know so it gives you like you know a distance from it whereas now there's there you were being bombarded with images that show a certain outer happiness um and it's and so many people in our community do this too you know there's a lot of a lot of accounts i follow that have a lot of great content but at the same time i'm like this also looks like a a model's account you know like and um and uh, you know not thinking through to what exactly does consistently posting this kind of thing due to the people who are looking at it mm-hmm. it it shows a you know an advertising in general and one of the reasons i got out of it um i didn't have it i didn't know why i knew i intuitively knew but i couldn't put it into words then but it is the one consistent message is that you are lacking mm-hmm. you know it's always about you need this shoe you need this sandwich you need this service you know in, in if without it you are lacking yeah and what we aspire to teach, aspire, I'm like, I'm using yeah. inspire, aspire, <laughs> what, we aspire, what we aspire to teach is that you're, um, you're not lacking anything, that everything you need is within you. Um, we are but humble, you know, teachers of a tra- tradition that we didn't invent that we're happy to pass on to help access that. And, and that's it in terms of our role you know (laughs) like it really is about you finding yourself yeah um but what we teach is it doesn't fit into a capitalist model very well yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) because that's so true you don't need us at all (laughs) (laughs) but it's 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 very interesting because that has even crept up into into kind of spiritual teachings where you know if you do yoga you have to look like this if you teach meditation you have to speak in a certain way and move in a certain way and like oh yes just come and just be natural and it's like uh okay and 
And so what I, what mm -hmm. I, what caught me from our tradition and our meditation was that when I, when I met my teacher, um, Christian, he just felt so true. He, it was like, like, he's not pretending to be anything. He's just the way he is. And that's what I really loved. It's like, he, he is authentically him. And for me, that was inspirational. Like, oh, I, I want to be me. And the amazing thing about our tradition is that there's really not any rules except just not even rules. There's like the God that like, you should meditate every day. And then when you do, <laughs> you just become more and more you. And when you're open to, you know, and allowing yourself just to be, that's when you become inspirational. Yeah. When you meditate and the stress dissolves from your system, you, you're, true self starts to shine through more and you can feel more confident to just act spontaneously. Um, even, you know, and I find the more I've meditated, the more I actually value, uh, eccentricity, <laughs> <laughs> you know, people who are a little weird. I mean, when I was younger, I was like, I don't think the cool kids are the cool kids. I'm like the nerd. <laughs> they're a little cooler because they'd actually <laughs> they really don't care what you think of them you know and if that's the definition of cool is you know not really caring what others think of you then those are the ones who who embody that more absolutely so. have you <laughs> seen the the series here we go again with the series um but freaks and geeks oh yeah that that was a great show it was a great and the mm -hmm. first scene in the movie is you know there are these the cheerleader and the jock <laughs> And they're like talking in the bleachers and you know having this like really cool apparently cool conversation and the camera just goes down <laughs> to the guys hanging beneath the bleachers and like those are the actually cool kids yeah you know the interesting <laughs> the interesting and i'm not you know trying to say that cheerleaders are not cool because you know people um i'm sure they're really cool cheerleaders <laughs> <laughs> there are Sure. I mean, obviously, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm stereotyping, but as you know, as you were saying, people who, who actually kind of allow themselves to be who they are and be relatable in their weirdness, because we're all a little weird. Yeah. And so when you kind of are not afraid to show that, that's, that's really relatable. And that's really cool. Yeah, for me, the having kids is definitely like I there's there's no possible way that I can put up any pretense whatsoever. <laughs> like they make me so relatable <laughs> just cause it's, you know, I'm constantly, you know, screaming at them to get in the car or you know, like, <laughs> there's no way I can show this serene facade for very long. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like we don't want, we don't want facades. We want, we want truth. We want life. That's what makes it, what makes it exciting we when we meditate we all obviously deal with these things in in much greater ways but we're still human and we don't want to forget about that we want to always return to our humanity and not because you meditate means that you know life is going to be easy i mean it's going to be easier because you know how to handle things better but it's not that oh because you meditate you won't have problems anymore you know yeah. you just look at them in a, in a different way yeah Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I think that is what makes it, like you said, more interesting, you know, perfection doesn't exist in the relative. Yeah. 
<laughs> it can't it dissolves you know which is why in certain native american civilizations they would like purposely put mistakes into their blankets that they yeah. wove to make sure that, <laughs> that there was some mistake there so um yeah perfection if in any story you've ever read in any movie you've ever seen you know any depiction of perfection is boring immediately yeah immediately so what we look for is relatability i think probably the best example of of the power of relatability is um comedians <laughs> you know <laughs> they are brilliant at just finding the weird little things in life that we all think but never say and so when they put it out there it's like oh my gosh that's so yes i have thought that <laughs> and it's amazing because um i was telling you last time which i love there's this really famous uh woman comedian in, in mexico and in part of her stand-up is like when they have like in mexico stand-up comedy really got got it's it's they got famous like a few years ago before there was nothing and so there's like a few who are pretty famous and they all get along and she was saying how because I've always loved stand-up comedy and she says that uh when when somebody you know has a tragic thing happen to them everybody's like damn it like they're so lucky they're gonna get amazing material out of this Like there's one, I think That's who like good. doesn't have a leg or something and everybody's like <laughs> jealous of him. Because <laughs> he doesn't have a leg. Everybody <laughs> wants to be him because he has the best <laughs> jokes. <laughs> That's great. And so I, I do think comedians uh, are kind of very Vedic in that, in that way that they make even the most mundane things interesting and relatable and and it makes you have a shared experience of of laughter and that's that's amazing like i, I i'm reading uh a jerry Seinfeld book where he put all of his material and he's like like we're junkies for the laughs like i'm jealous that i won't be able to hear your laughs in this book <laughs> <laughs> laughter is such a great way of just bringing people back to themselves i think there's a, a also an amazing comedian and we were talking about social media. So I have to bring her up because I'm sure you have of you follow her already, but her name is Celeste Barber. And she basically goes and finds the most obnoxious social media posts she can. And, and then, you know, she's just like a normal woman. So then she tries to recreate them and just by recreating them shows how completely absurd we all are for both for both creating stuff like this and for following it yeah <laughs> but they are so amazing like she'll you know she'll find some you know model who's skipping around you know on roller skates with a bikini or something through the grocery store and then like she and her totally normal self will try and do this <laughs> <laughs> and it's brilliant it's so such brilliance um, so yes, definitely right now, you know, go on, if you're listening on your phone, pause and <laughs> look her up. You know, why <laughs> is it brilliant? Because she's allowing herself to be human. She's yeah. allowing herself to be relatable. And so that's the, the amazingness of these things. 
Well, it's, it's funny, we're, we're using the word relatable, but you know, I was just thinking it's actually unity. Yeah. That, you yeah. know, and we're always talking about unity because unity is, is that's, that's love. That's what we're reaching in meditation. You know, it is a recognition of self in the, in the other. So that is what relatability is. It's just um, comedians do it in kind of a funny way. Yeah. <laughs> So by being relatable, you're creating unity. And I think that's why I have a hard time with the aspirational uh, material, because to me, it doesn't create unity. To me, it creates separation Mm -hmm. and it puts, you know, and if someone it's, it's not good for either party because the person trying to put up the image is in some ways maybe caught in this idea that their value is in what they look like. Mm-hmm. or in what their life looks like, looks like, excuse me. So, um, so to them, it's like how they boost their, their sense of self-worth up yeah. is by putting out an image that, that to them is like, okay, well, this, this is what my life is, you know? Mm-hmm. So if I have the envy of others, then, then I'm, my self-worth is great, you know, but the, the self-worth is not something you can compare, you know, or yeah. you having more, has nothing to do with someone else's self-worth, you know, putting others down does never, never pushes anyone up. No, no, no. And for, to the person witnessing it, they have this feeling of, of, wow, I'm, I'm lacking whatever it is this person has. And, you know, my life doesn't look like that. So I must not be having a full human experience, the full potential of human experience. And the full potential of human experience can be capable very few people uh, achieve it, but it can be achieved by anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, there's it, it's not a body type. <laughs> yeah. The truth is, if you know anything about Ayurveda, um, the the body type that is lauded throughout media is probably one of the least likely to be able to feel feel grounded and happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those vatas. All those beautiful vatas, you know, or it's not someone who's not vata, but they're, you know, pitta or kapha trying to look vata, in which case they've completely unbalanced themselves in order to look that way. You know, it's actually better if someone is, is you know, vata, then it's just, that's their natural body. So, um, you know, and that's just body image, you know, yeah. but, um, but there's so many things I was thinking about um, that are, that people feel like shame over, like they feel shame that they, that their body doesn't look a certain way, or they feel mm-hmm. shame that they're over a certain age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Third thing in the world. If you think about it, it's like, how can you feel ashamed of a process that happens to absolutely every human who ever lived, not just humans, <laughs> like everything on the planet is like one of the one few constants yet there's shame. And you know, that, that you lose your, your, your power of who you are as you get older or you're related, you're not, your um, relevance. It's, it's absolutely not true. Or that you're shamed that you don't have a certain amount of money or that your life, you know, your, your house doesn't look like something out of Dwell magazine. Yeah. Um, and I think too, you know, when, when I was a kid, at least no one expected your house to look like Dwell magazine. <laughs> You know, like it, it, nobody's house looked like that. And no one even figured like that was not, that was not a thing. But the yeah. fact that these images in social media have become such a, 
you know, taken over, I think there's this weird expectation suddenly that we all Mm -hmm. live like celebrities. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, now there's like the fake famous and (laughs) people who just become famous. I don't like for no apparent reason. And the pressure, because I I have a few students. (laughs) (laughs) Not that they're fake famous, but they're like Insta famous. And they post everything. And it's it's funny because, I mean, this is a classic example of, you know, you go to a concert and people are recording and, uh, you know, the or they're recording the fireworks or whatever instead of mm-hmm. actually kind of seeing it. It's like, when are you going to look at that video? Never! <laughs> Just enjoy the show! Yeah. Um, and I, I totally went off what, what you were saying, but it's, it's so much pressure because it, it gets to the point where you you live for the 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 supposed reward and you forget about the the shared true shared experience well your experience is now cultivating the picture it's cultivating this whatever this is it's not in curating it and it's not actually experiencing you know i've seen i've seen moms at like a pool like spending more time arranging floaties and their children than actually getting in the pool playing with their kids. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I remember I, I have a friend who's a model who has been a model for long enough that she's like, when I started in this business, I just modeled. Now it's all about, you have to have your own persona on Instagram and get a certain number of followers. And it's like, you've got to, you can't just do your job yeah (laughs) you can't just look good in the clothes you have to actually get this like following and I'm like oh my god that sounds awful (laughs) yeah it does I don't care if I only have like five students a year if I if there's any pressure that I have to create some kind of insta following based on creating some kind of false persona I I just I'd rather (laughs) just have five students (laughs) I had a few uh, friends tell me the other day like you don't post things like a regular meditation teacher you don't post about your smoothies and your acai bowls <laughs> well i don't have acai bowls every day <laughs> and po- you post about your nut butters and your <laughs> and my oreos and your pop tarts and your, and and your snapple yeah my golden and diet grams. peach snapple. <laughs> but <laughs> That would be relatable. I don't want to be too relatable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know anyone who drinks that. <laughs> Not since 1998. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, so, and, and, and when somebody is relatable, it's so refreshing because we forget <laughs> about how important it is. So when somebody kind of opens up to be relatable, uh, like I, I have a student and she's, she's uh, now posting these videos of, you know, the, the pose with the bathing suit and then just the normal pose and how your body changes just by posing yeah. differently. Right. Just by sucking in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, the light and all these things. And it's like, this is my normal body. Like both are beautiful. And she's gotten like a ton of responses and it's been really, really nice to see that. And you know, it's something that we all live with every day, but nobody talks about it. So when somebody finally does it, it's like amazing because because it's so rare, but it should be something 
so much more common. I'm hoping there's a shift. I'm seeing a bit of a shift, like mm-hmm. in terms of I'm seeing in brands are using models of different races, different sizes, mm-hmm. not as much different ages yet, but I've seen, you know, some embracing of, um, of some difference there. And I've also seen on, you know, ads that show just skinny white models, mm-hmm. people posting like, Hey, you know, I, I don't want to support a brand that can't show how women can be beautiful in all yeah. shapes and sizes. So, um, so I think there's there it's, it's moving that direction. I think people are getting tired of seeing the same thing over and over again, mm-hmm. that it honestly isn't even, it's not even looking beautiful anymore. Yeah. It's not even looking aspirational anymore because it's just, it's getting so boring. Um, I, I saw a woman once she like, or, or on something that was showing like the before and afters, Mm-hmm. You know, that's like, look, I went on this diet in the before and after. And I, I'm like, oh, I'm so sick of seeing stuff like that. Yeah. But there, I was looking at it. I'm like, wow, her befores were so much better. <laughs> <laughs> she had curves and she looked great. And then the, the afters, I was like, good God, what do you do to yourself? Um, looks like you haven't eaten in six weeks. But, um, but I think, I think, you know, our eye is changing. And, you know, that's one of the reasons I love Ayurveda as well, is that, because it's not about fitting one ideal. It really says you're, you know, every single person, there's an ideal diet, there's an ideal body type, there's an ideal Mm -hmm. for everyone. And we can extend that beyond just, you know, health. It's like, really, there's an ideal life for everyone. Yeah. And no two are going to look alike. And, and the ideal of, of beauty kind of changes. Um, When my students came to India with us last year, they were all like, what's up with meditators? Like, they're all beautiful. And like, they, they like, you know, the, some of the initiators look like Greek gods. And, and obviously it's not because of, you know, their, their genes. It's, you know, it's because they're, they're radiating certain, certain, uh, you know, life, life with them. And so, I don't think I've ever, ever been accused of looking. Like uh, oh yes, you have. Oh yes, you have. <laughs> I've been there. And so, Maybe a and, Norse god. No. And so <laughs> I'm not I, I'm too pale to be a Greek god. <laughs> a Viking goddess. <laughs> there we go. But uh, like what what I mean is that the the more you get into your true self and your true nature and your tr- true humanity and allow yourself to be whatever whatever you're comfortable with being that's when you you truly become beautiful because the standards Mm. of beauty are changing now and so we don't and that's you know a little bit of what you're talking about but the stereotypes are changing and now i believe i i see beauty in a different way and some of my students when they come back they look more beautiful and the only thing they've changed is that they're now establishing themselves in a deeper state but they're radiating that that they're, they're happy and that's why they look more beautiful yeah, I mean that really is the only true beauty is that is that life inside someone that mm-hmm. pure consciousness that when you meditate starts to you glow you literally glow you know you can glow I'm not glowing right now but <laughs> yes you are you're always glowing <laughs> but it does it after after it after we did our training there was definitely some glow going on in every single person oh my god we like, look amazing in those pictures. <laughs> We really do. We look pretty good. Don't mind if I say so. 
<laughs> so it's it's amazing how that actually shines through. It's it's that that life force and um and and like you said, that happiness. You know, someone who just has that bubbling up in them all the time. There's you can't look away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the more you meditate as well, the more you you see through the kind of fake beauty um, and it doesn't even appeal to you in the same way, like someone who makes a lot of money is no longer impressive. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, you make a lot of money. Well, what have you done with it? Have you actually helped anyone? Have you started any (laughs) movements? No, you've just, what you have, you have a boat, you have a really nice boat. That's, that's great. I'm going to talk to that guy over there who has taken, you know, his pizza place and employed a bunch of people out of prison. (laughs) That's the one, that's the one I'm going to talk to. Yeah. And this guy actually exists. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we interviewed him. We actually interviewed him. So, <laughs> and, and what was funny is like, we were just, I, I, at least for me, my jaw was just on the ground the whole time. I had to not have that kind of, like, but what impresses you is different. And mm-hmm. the same with what is beautiful is different. Um, and I think, and the more you meditate, the more you see that beauty in yourself, you know, the more you don't care if you don't see it out there and you you don't, because you don't see it out there, you don't want to fit your life to it and you don't Mm -hmm. identify with it. You know, it's not about, you know, identifying as, okay, I'm a beautiful young woman. Like that's my identity. And if if I get older or if I gain weight, then suddenly I have an entire full identity crisis, (laughs) which happens to, that's why every poor, you know, kid who ends up in Hollywood, like is doing drugs by the age of, you know, 28 is, because their whole identity is wrapped up around, around whatever role they're playing. Yeah. And, um, your identity really is that un, un, um, indivisible whole consciousness field. Yeah. <laughs> so so that, that's what meditation does is, you know, our identity is around what we see. And so when we go within over and over again, that's what we see. That's what we become. And that's what we identify with. And so that is the only unchanging place. And because it's unchanging, it's completely secure. Mm -hmm. If you you identify in anything outside the self, anything external, anything in the relative, everything in the relative is changing. So there's no security in that. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so I think a lot of turning inward, turning inward helps in, in letting go of that kind of aspirational pining and, um, the more we do it, hopefully that whole, that whole genre of stuff will just go away. I hope, I hope by the time my kids are older, I don't want them having to deal with that. But I I do think that there's, there's a shift definitely happening. Yeah. And, um, I don't know if you know this woman, Brene Brown. Yes. Um, Remind me that name is so familiar. She, she was, a. a data analyzer and she analyzed um emotions through data and she became really famous she did a bunch of ted talks on vulnerability and um, she has a book and so i saw her netflix special a few days ago and it's about the courage to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and it's so interesting because we we and it's a little bit about about what we're talking about because we usually have these these two you know vulnerability and courage kind of like on the opposite, opposite side of this, side. uh-huh, yeah, and, and she talks that it's actually, they go right together, because to be vulnerable, you, there, there's courage in that, so we're, 
deathly afraid to be vulnerable but yes you know what when we actually allow ourselves to be vulnerable is when when you're truly able to to have others relate to you and to connect but obviously sorry yeah I'm just I'm just like yeah 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 Yeah, and 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 so it's funny because she she you know gives uh kind of coaching to all these people in uh in your area where you know all these tech companies (laughs) it's so funny because they were like okay we're gonna do this app which tells you when you're in the least um you know in the in the in the where you're like the safest moment possible to be vulnerable and she was like if you have that you're not being vulnerable like take that away (laughs) that's hilarious and so and so it does it does take so much courage to be vulnerable to mm-hmm. you know because we're kind of like opening up our heart and like this is it but if you don't if you don't allow yourself to live that way you you're not really living you're not really participating and she talks about kind of like the arena of the gladiators and she's like you're probably gonna fall on your ass like like that's probably gonna happen but come join me here like this is the place where everything happens yeah I was listening to something recently where they talked about I think what was it Pixar or whatever you know people who um start working there that their motto was to fail faster Mm -hmm. no and it's like if you're if you're afraid of being vulnerable you're never gonna really do anything and vulnerability, you know, might include some failure or falling on your ass, but, but if you can get through it faster, you're actually going to have some interesting, <laughs> do something interesting. Um, and I love the, the word, the term vulnerability being almost intertwined with courage. Mm-hmm. Um, because to me, it's, um, that's, that's when you're going to have that moment of seeing self in another yeah if there's any of that kind of pretentious wall going up what what we're just we're just we're not relating with anyone we're just we're just reflecting back on ourselves you know it's it's when you get vulnerable that you know and if for some reason it doesn't work out then it doesn't work out but there's there is potential for actual connection there and and to actually putting yourself out there you're kind of already winning just by doing it you're growing from that experience and, and the word courage is so beautiful because it, it comes from the word, in, in Spanish, it's corazón, which means heart. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, 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 it comes from that. So it's when you're, when you, when you're, yeah. you know, you know that's, the, that's the one Spanish word I know because it, from Romancing the Stone. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. When I was younger. That was one of the few Spanish words they said in there. So from like yeah. the time I was six, I actually remember that word. <laughs> Sorry. Stupid, I vulnerable in <laughs> No, I, I, like I saw a movie when I was a kid and I like at eight years old, I was obsessed with young Michael Douglas. I was <laughs> like, this is the type of man for me. <laughs> and apparently Kath, you, you and Catherine Zeta-Jones <laughs> were both in the same bucket. I, I was also, I was impressed as well, you know. I, I, I think I'd be impressed now if I were to be <laughs> but someone like that. What, what I love about this is when you act with courage, you're acting with the heart. Yeah. 
Well, that's, you know, the whole lion Wizard of Oz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He needs his heart for courage. Exactly, exactly. And so it's, it's, you're being vulnerable is, is putting your heart out there. But if you don't, then, you know, what's, what's the point of being safe? Yeah. What are you winning from being safe? Nothing. No, there's no growth in safety. Um, there's, there's nothing there more status quo. Yeah. And, and Brené Brown tells a story, which I think you're going to find funny about how she was swimming in a lake with her husband and she was like a little embarrassed because she was wearing a, a bathing suit and she, you know, she doesn't look that great anymore. And so she, she's, she yells to her husband in the lake, like, Hey, like I'm having such a great time. He's like, yeah, yeah. Water's great. And he keeps on swimming. And then, so she's telling the story and she's like, when I tell the story in New York, she's like, should I tell him again? How, you know, how happy I am to be with him. And New Yorkers are like, no. And then when she tells the story in California, like, should I tell him again? You know, California's like, yes. (laughs) Tell him again. (laughs) You guys can't see, but Izzy's making a little heart with her hands right now. Like, yeah, tell him again. Yes. Put yourself out there. <laughs> New York is like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't, don't put yourself out there. Uh. <laughs> That's why I live in California. Yeah, which is, you know, it's it's interesting because yeah, in different in different parts of the world, we you know, people allow themselves to be either a little more warm-hearted a little bit based on experiences but it's it's such a beautiful subject like everyone who's listening look at her um at her netflix special she also has a book which i haven't read but i heard it's amazing and and she she analyzed all the stats of all these people and that's the one thing they'd had in common vulnerability people are definitely afraid of being vulnerable i remember um reading Yogananda's book you know Mm -hmm. autobiography a yogi and his teacher remember he you know most yogis kind of were in the forest doing their own thing but his teacher like worked at like a train company yeah 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 and it was it was he never quit even though it was one of the most enlightened masters that ever lived um was it Lahiri or yeah okay Yukteswar was the the train one um but I just remember the point of it being that he kept doing it to show that to be more relatable. Mm-hmm. He, he did it to show, look, you can achieve higher states of consciousness while also working a job and having a family and doing all these other things that, and by, by being that way, you know, it, it made him more relatable to students because they could see their lives in his yeah, though he probably had very little in common with his team. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why sometimes I'm just like, wait, why do I have all these children? <laughs> when it makes it really hard to teach. I'm like, to well, be relatable. Maybe it's to be relatable. <laughs> I hope, I hope so. But yeah, like, like oh, every, that's why, you know, I, I try to be a little more open with my life. Obviously not too open. No, I'm kidding. But, <laughs> um, because when you tell your story, people do enjoy it. Like our, my, and this happens, you know, when our teacher tells us stories about Maharishi, we love to hear the stories where he's, where he acts like a human. 
Yeah. You know, like the story he told us where, you know, he went into our teacher's room and they wanted, and he wanted to order hot chocolate and watch stupid (laughs) TV. And it was like, oh, amazing. And we were all laughing. And so we, obviously, if that was all that he did, then we wouldn't be impressed. But when these masters have these little it itty bits of humanity, it's it's so refreshing. It's like, oh, amazing. And it's and it's sweet and it's fun and 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 we love it. And so we don't want to lose that part. We don't want to be too perfect. We don't want to be too strict. That's why our meditation and you know Ayurveda and all these things go hand in hand with with the way we live, even though I take it to the extreme. But and like <laughs> extreme relatability. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in any danger of being too perfect. Though, though, you know, the the Rajus say, you know, um, enjoy your mistake. You know? Yeah, yeah. I love <laughs> like that. if you're if you're gonna, if you're gonna, you know, th- there's no sense beating yourself up for for having, you know, hot chocolate or something very mm-hmm. anti-ayurvedic. It's like just enjoy it you know yeah. so it's like enjoy all aspects of it enjoy when you're totally you know it you know being super inspirational and enjoy when you're being a little more relatable like there's yeah. joy in both ends of the spectrum so i i certainly am enjoying a lot of relatability lately but <laughs> that's okay me too <laughs> as you know but that's that's okay and i think having the it's attitude it's all part of yeah, games that's all good it's all the story so we hope you guys enjoyed <laughs> us showing a little bit of our relatable side today and <laughs> <laughs> feel free to share any of your relatable stories as well um, with us uh, if you are looking to find any of our other podcasts they are on uh, meditationwithoutborders.net you can find us on Spotify and Apple iTunes. Yay. Have a Yay. beautiful day. Have Enjoy a beautiful your mistakes. rest of your day. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Watch Romancing the Stone. <laughs>